Welcome to Center Ice. It is the final episode of our NHL 2021 season preview. And without further ado, let's jump right into the East Division. Now, Mac and I have been gushing about how great the North Division is and how much parity there is. But I'd say the East Division beats even that. There's so many good teams in this East Division and really could go to anyone in this division. It's so close. And I've been looking forward to covering this division ever since we started our season preview back a couple weeks ago, and we are finally here. Mac, what are your quick thoughts on the East Division as a whole? Do you like the parity you're seeing here? Yeah, no, this division, if anything, it may, may not be quite as good as the North, but it's really close. And without question, the North and the East Divisions are the two best divisions in this new format because they're just so well-balanced. I mean... When the worst team in your division is Buffalo or New Jersey, that means it's a pretty darn strong division. Yeah, you're exactly right. And we'll get into those aforementioned Buffalo Sabres shortly because, of course, you and I are the closet Buffalo Sabres fans (laughs) on this show. (laughs) But let's go alphabetical order here, Mac. Let's start off with one of the transfers from the Atlantic Division, and that is the Boston Bruins. The Bruins had some pretty high expectations going into the playoffs last season, but I'd say they fell short in some regards. And, of course, one of the big changes for Boston, even though he may not have been what he once was, no Zidane Chara on the Boston Bruins. That's quite weird. And no Tory Krug either. Those are two key losses for the Boston Bruins. How do you think the Bruins are going to adapt to that, Mac? Well, you know, I just – and this is not – you know, I'm not a Bruins fan, but if you, if you look at what the Bruins have done from kind of afar and try and not consider that they might be a team that you don't necessarily like, you have to admire what they've done here. I mean, Bruce Cassidy is a tremendous head coach. He's a great leader. He's a very interesting person. The players um, have so much respect for him. And obviously when you have great leaders like Bergeron and Marchand and, and all of these guys, Krejci, et cetera, that have been around a long time. And they just, especially naming Patrice Bergeron the captain. I mean, you're talking about a guy who easily could have been captain instead of Chara, but you had Chara. So Chara was the captain for a while. And, you know, I just think that, you know, Tory Krug is a loss because He's a guy that is a puck-moving defenseman, and he helps you on the power play, even strength, etc. But as far as an overall defenseman, Tori Krug is not the best two-way defenseman. So you look at what the Bruins have. They have Charlie McAvoy, who is an outstanding defenseman. He's one of the best in the league, and he's only getting better. You've got Brandon Carlo, who is really taking strides. And you also have Matt Grizzlick, who doesn't really get a lot of talk because he's the equipment manager's son in Boston, but he's a really good player. And I think what the Bruins decided was Zidane Chara was basically saying, okay, I'm playing top four minutes or I'm not playing for your team. And the Bruins we're clear and they're saying, no, we're not giving you those minutes. There are other players who we want to play in those kind of minutes. So he went to sign with Washington. I don't know how that's going to work out, but I think it made sense for them to let him go when he says he wants to play top four minutes at his age and with how much he's declined and how much of a poor skater he is. So, yeah, I mean, that that's complicated, and it sucks to lose guys like that. But, you know, you brought in Craig Smith, who's a really good player, kind of an underrated player who will play in your top nine. And this is still a really good team. You still have Tuka Rask, and I don't care how much disrespect he gets. He's a great goaltender. And you still have Yaro Halak, and you have some flexibility that you can make some moves maybe at the trade deadline. Yeah, you're right. I think Boston's one of those teams where they're always a safe bet to consistently be in the playoff punch. 
or even towards the top of the division. Now it's going to be tough for the Boston Bruins. They're playing in a much stronger division than they were last year. Cause really in the Atlantic, their only competition was between the Leafs and the bolts for the top three spots. Well, now you're playing all these playoff contenders. So it's going to be a lot tougher for the Boston Bruins to make the dance this year, especially with only four spots available. And this is a division for me that was the hardest to call. And I do have Boston in the playoffs because they are the aforementioned very consistent team. You mentioned how the defense is still solid. You can't argue with the four group. Of course, David Pasternak is still out, but good news for Boston Bruins fans, Mac from TSN. They recently reported that he was skating today in the scrimmage and hopefully he will be back soon. So that'll be a big boost to the Bruins lineup as soon as they can get him back in. And Boston's just, they're a team that's hard to bet against no matter whether you love them or hate them. Yeah, absolutely. And and I have no doubt that they're going to be very good again this year. And I guarantee you, you know, the loss to the Tampa Bay lightning is still sour in their mouth because yeah, you lost to the Stanley cup champions, but also kind of the way you lost was not really ideal. I mean, basically you lost because, you had one line that was going and the other three lines were doing nothing. So hopefully Boston can get more contributions from those lines, especially in the playoffs. But, you know, obviously that's, that's what they need if they really want to win another Stanley cup. Um, I don't know if they're going to do that this year, but this is still a heck of a good team. Yeah, you're right. And Boston, uh, their window's still open there's a real chance they could contend for a Stanley cup this year, but they've got to get through a lot of tough teams to do it. However, come May, there should be no surprise to see the Boston Bruins in the playoffs. All right, let's move on to those Buffalo Sabres. We talked about them off the top and they made a pretty big splash this off season. Uh, I'd say one of the most unexpected moves I've seen in terms of free agency in quite a while, Mac, and that is Taylor Hall going to Buffalo. What are your thoughts on that? Because that one really caught me off guard. Well, first of all, I'm excited to watch him play with Jack Eichel because really ever since he played with uh, McDavid in Edmonton, he hasn't had that kind of player to play with. So, you know, and also for Jack Eichel, he has not had a, a Taylor Hall type player to play with ever. You know, he's had good players like, I guess, Jeff Skinner, although you and I are not, Huge fans of Jeff Skinner. Nine million dollar man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Victor Olofsson. Th- there's guys he's played with, but no one can compare to Taylor Hall. And and I think, you know, those two are going to be really good together. But again, the, the question is, what do you get from the rest of the roster? I like the move to bring in Eric Stahl. I think he's he's still really still a good player for someone his age. So he gives you some more depth in that top six. You brought in Tobias Reader. He's a good player who is kind of a depth forward. But you got rid of Marcus Johansson, Jimmy VC, and Wayne Simmons. The latter two went to the Maple Leafs. And of course, Johansson went to the Minnesota Wild. But again, like, <sighs> Buffalo does not scream like a super dangerous team to me. To me, they're better. But the goaltending is still kind of average. Um, the defense is, is okay. And I, I question Ralph Kruger's decisions as a head coach, especially when you're putting Jeff Skinner on the fourth line to start the season. A guy you're paying over $9 million for per year, who the only thing he's good at is scoring goals. You're putting him on the fourth line. I don't understand that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my thoughts are fairly similar on Buffalo, but the way I look at Buffalo is you look at that top line, you say, wow, that's a fabulous line. You've got, you've got Eichel and Hall on one line. And you know, that that's like an NHL type line, you know, in your, uh, what's it called a hut that's right i haven't played nhl video games in a while mm. but that's the type of hut line you come but then after that there, there really is a drop off and 
you're right. Buffalo is getting better, and the the depth is getting better. The defense is getting better, but overall, Buffalo is still. To me, they haven't won me over on a team that's going to make the playoffs this year. They they need more. I want to see more from Buffalo. Uh, I, I want to see what Omark and Hunton can do. I'm not quite sold on them either. They're they're both kind of iffy in my opinion. And overall, Buffalo may made some right steps, but at the same time, they well they went out and got hauled. They didn't really make some substantial moves to me. They really screamed okay, we're getting Hall, and then we're going to really build on this team. We're going to build on the core of Eichel, Darlene, and Hall, and we're going to make a push for the playoffs and break that 10-year drought. But I don't see it happening. I just don't. I, I think Buffalo is going to be a lot of fun to watch, Mac. I'm excited to see how Hall and Eichel play together, but I don't think they're quite there yet. Well, I mean, here's the other thing. When you've spent all this money on these players – you don't really have any cap space. I mean, they have less than $1 million in cap space. So it's hard to improve your team when you're making these commitments to players like a Jeff Skinner for $9 million until 2026, 2027. It, I, I can't, you know, Kyle Okposo, $6 million for a guy who should probably not be playing right now until 2023 you know once some of these contracts come off the books and you have a better cap situation and you you've kind of figured out your defense who's staying who's going obviously a guy like Dalene's not going anywhere you know Jake McCabe is a good player but apart from that I don't see a lot on this defense and it's you know they're kind of in it's not quite like in Arizona I would say it's more like an Anaheim where You've got a really good young group, but you have an issue with the salary cap. And if you can't maneuver and make smart decisions, there's no evidence that that is going to go away anytime soon. And the concern I have is any team, anytime this team gets some money to play with, they're very quick to spend it. And then they don't have any money. So I don't know. Uh, I really hope they do well, but there's just too many concerns for me. Yeah, you're right. I think a, an obvious sign of bad things is that, and I know it was a rough off season for players wanting to make big money like Taylor Hall, but Hall makes eight million and Skinner makes nine million. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that about sums up the situation <laughs> in Buffalo. Yeah. I was going to make an analogy there, Mac. Uh, you bring a good point about how Buffalo likes to spend money as soon as they got it. They're like me when I was young and I got birthday money. Of course, you know, the parents say, oh, you should save that money for a rainy day. But, mm. you know, you're young. <laughs> what are you going to do? You're going to go spend that money. And that's what Buffalo has been doing these past few years. And I think Buffalo is making, just like Anaheim, they're making slow improvements and they will be a consistently good team eventually but they, they need to be wiser with their money. Yeah, and I do have to mention that you've got Jack Quinn and Dylan Cousins who might make the team, Cousins especially because he's just more ready, and Dylan Cousins is a hell of a good player. Uh, man, he was fun to watch at the World Juniors this year. Well, he was lighting it up. That was the Dylan Cousins show we saw in Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we'll see but there's still a lot of issues with this roster. Like I said, they're getting better. They, they need to figure out the finances uh, more than anything. And, and I don't know what that takes. I mean, I think you have to move some players here. You know, maybe you have to move them for a very small return. Maybe you have to retain some salary, but you can't go forward with, you know, paying Kyle Okposo $6 million for the next three years. Jeff Skinner, $9 million when you have better players that deserve those kind of opportunities. So I'm interested to see what happens with this team. But in my opinion, if you're doing things right, you are doing everything you can to trade Jeff Skinner, trade Kyle Pozo, and, you know, trade Ristolainen, trade Colin Miller, et cetera. 
Yeah, I think you're exactly right there. And those aren't easy tasks, especially right now. I think if you're Buffalo, you're just going to have to bite those contracts for at least one more season. You're going to have to wait for the cap to go up, and you're going to need to find a team that is rebuilding and has lots of cap space, like you know a Detroit, for example. But even then, mm. Detroit's not going to take that type of contract unless they're getting real good compensation in return. Exactly, yeah. So where do you have Buffalo ranked? Do you have them in the playoffs, you know, a surprise? Or are they on the outside looking in? No, they're second last for me. And that's partly because the division is strong. But also just, again, yes, are they better than last year? Yes, because they do have Taylor Hall and they got, you know, Eric Stahl. The goaltending is still average. And, you know, when push comes to shove and you're playing a really good team, that goaltending will not be able to hold up against these really good teams. So, yeah, I mean, I think they'll they'll be kind of interesting, like Buffalo is almost every year. But the second last, uh, there's going to be a decent-sized gap between them and New Jersey. But, again, just not good enough. Well, and on this for Buffalo fans, at least they have the Bills. The Bills – after oh. 24, 25 years. 25 years? Yeah, yeah, finally won a playoff game, and it feels so good. They played a great game. I know this isn't a football show, but it's great to see Buffalo finally have a winning team. But let's move on to those aforementioned New Jersey Devils. And New Jersey, uh, I wouldn't say in the, the exact same situation as Buffalo, but they're, I'd say if I'm ranking them, they're, they're right in front of, Buffalo, but there still is a gap between those two, as you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, they're still really young. They haven't really spent a lot on, on free agents, which is smart. I mean, really, in the offseason, it was pretty quiet for them. Um, you brought in a guy like Andreas Janssen from the Leafs. You know, he's a He's a guy who can contribute to your top nine forwards. I don't think he's that great, but if he plays with Nico Hishier, Nico Hishier will make him look pretty good. You got Ryan Murray from Columbus for basically nothing. Um, he improves your defense. He's more of a defensive defenseman than anything, but that's okay. And you got Dmitry Kulikov, who's probably a third pair D. Um, and, of course, you did bring in Corey Crawford, and we'll touch on Corey Crawford later as well as Jay Bomeister, but Corey Crawford decided to retire. Obviously just couldn't face the injuries and health issues that he's been experiencing and decided to hang him up. But that's unfortunate because I think he really would have helped them be a better team. Whereas now, you know, you still have Mackenzie Blackwood, but – you know, I don't know who the backup goalie is, and you're putting an awful lot of pressure on Eric Comrie. Again, it's I don't know if that's that great, uh, but we'll see. You know, they're a young team. I do think you're going to see Jack Hughes uh, take a step forward this year. They've got some good players like, you know, Jesper Brad and um, Nikita Gusev. Kyle Palmieri is a good player. Um And they also have some contracts, several contracts, actually, that are expiring uh, after this year. You've got Travis Ajak, Paul Murray, I mentioned, Gusev, Ryan Murray, Sammy Vatanen, uh, Connor Carrick, Dmitry Kulikov. That's a lot of money coming off the books next season. And you've got P.K. Subban's contract coming off the books in a couple seasons, too. And... That's not even with us mentioning that the Devils have actually used their cap space fairly well considering the situation they're in. They have $8.9 million in projected cap space according to Cap Friendly this year, Matt. And with those contracts coming off the books, the Devils have a lot of money they can work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and if you take a step forward this year and you like what you see, and maybe you're not winning a lot of games, but you're competitive and you can feel like your team is kind of working towards making that next step. You're going to have a lot of money to play with. And, and I guarantee you there's going to be demand from the fan base and the players to improve and not stay as kind of a rebuilding, you know, bottom teams. So 
And New Jersey has always had a history of being able to attract free agents. You know, they're owned by a very wealthy owner. So the plus there's, there's great history with the New Jersey devils. They've won Stanley cups. They've had great players in their organization. So I don't think you'll have any trouble attracting free agents there. No, especially with the direction they're heading. I like to view the devils this year. as kind of like the senators were last season. Matt. They're going to be a fun young team that is working towards something. And they're not a team I would sleep on. They're not going to make the playoffs. But if you're a Boston or a Philadelphia, for example, and you're heading into New Jersey, you can't sleep on this Devils team because they will work hard, they will play hard, and they will win some games which people may not expect them to. Yeah, absolutely. I think you summarized it well. All right. Let's head to New York. Let's talk about the New York Islanders first, and then we will get on to the Rangers. The the big news coming out of the island, of course, is Matthew Barzell re-signing to a three-year contract with $21 million. That was one that was in the works for quite a while. We weren't sure when it was going to happen, and it happened pretty late in the offseason. But if you're an Islanders fan, you got to be happy that that's done and over with. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the Islanders, in my opinion, are still a good team. They're still close to a playoff team it's going to be tough in this division but they certainly have a shot and you know you and I are are of the opinion that Barry Trotz is the best coach in the league so he will always get the best out of his players and you know you have the kid Ilya Sorokin coming in to form what I think is going to be a really fun Russian goaltender duo with the veteran Simeon Varlamov and you also, you know, you got rid of Devin Tays, and that hurts because he was one of your better defensemen. But Noah Dobson, in my opinion, is going to fill that role very well. And your defense as a whole is still pretty good. You know, the forward group is good. There's no issues with the Islanders, but a lot, it's a common theme that a lot of the issue with the Islanders is money and spending. And, you know... They have no cap space right now. They signed Barzell for three more years. But you just look at some of these contracts that they have to deal with, and most of them aren't up anytime soon. Yeah, you're right. The cap situation will be tough in New York. According to Cap Friendly right now, Mac, I will get that number up for you here. They have $5.2 million in LTIRUs, and they have zero cap space. So it's a tough situation for the Islanders. And as the uh, flat cap has certainly affected them harder than some other teams did. And they're going to have to be very careful. Lou Lamorello is going to need to navigate the cap situation very carefully because this is a situation where the Islanders could be in a situation where they need to improve or they need to sign some of these young guys, but they don't have the money to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. And some, a lot of these players are good players, but you're just flat out overpaying for them. <laughs> Precisely. That, that's the thing with the Islanders. And don't forget Barzell. Yeah, he signed for three years. And I'd say a decent deal considering it's Matthew Barzell. But, you know, in three years, you got to watch that cap space because you don't want to lose Barzell to the free agency market. Fun fact. Hmm? Anders Lee makes as much as Matt Burzell, and he signed longer than Matt Burzell. That is true. He is signed through 2025, 2026, and that's not downplaying Anders Lee. He is a good player, but, you know, that one, that contract may uh, come back to bite them a little bit. Mm. And don't forget yeah, that. But, hmm? but they're, you know, they're still a good team. Oh, and- of course. And I, I still expect them to be competitive. I just think it's going to be really tough for them in this division because there's so many good teams. And, you know, in my opinion, the New York Rangers, even though their defensive game is not quite as strong as the Islanders, they're going to be a better regular season team, especially in this new format that favors, you know, younger players. Yeah, that's fair. And we'll jump into the Rangers in a moment, but where would you have the Islanders on your ranking, Matt? Because I have them four or five. I, I was debating on whether I should put them in the playoffs or not. And to me, it comes down to 
you know, how big of a step forward do the Rangers take this year? And we'll get to that in a second, but I have them four or five, not quite sure. We'll see how the Islanders play and how healthy they are. Yeah. I have them in fifth behind uh, the Washington Capitals. So, you know, competitive, but I don't know if they're making the playoffs this year. Yeah, that's fair. So let's hop across town. Let's talk about those New York Rangers and the Rangers. Uh, you know what? Before we jump into it, Mac, can I just say the luckiest team in the NHL right now? My mm. goodness. Mm. <laughs> you get lucky with the lottery two years in a row. You get Kako a couple years ago, and then you get Lafreniere this year with, with the slimmest of margins. And if you're a Rangers fan, you got to be really excited about this New York team because it's going to be a very good team. They're still a young team. I think they're a team that's going to go through some growing pains this year, but you just look at that roster and this team, even if they don't make the playoffs this year, they're going to make the playoffs in the next couple of years. And they're going to be a team people will have to watch out for. I'm really excited to see what these Rangers can do. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Alexi Lafreniere has made the team. You brought in Jack Johnson. Hopefully he's not going to play too much of a prominent role because if he does, that's going to be a problem. Um, you did get rid of Mark Stahl, who is not a real good contributor, although, you know, he does bring veteran presence and leadership. I'm not debating that. And, of course, Henrik Lundqvist is out of New York as well. So you've got the young duo of Georgiev and Shosturkin which is going to be very good for them as it has been in the past. And yeah, I mean, they have actually released their roster. So I'll read it to you right now. The forwards are uh, Buchnevich, Hedl, DiGiuseppe, Gauthier, Howden, Kako, Kreider, Lafreniere, Lemieux, Panarin, Rooney, Strom, Sabinajad. And the defensemen are D'Angelo, Fox, Johnson, Lindgren, ooh, Keandre Miller as well. Smith, Truba, and of course, I mentioned Georgiev and Shosturkin in net. So, you know, this team is getting better every year. Their next step is to improve their kind of overall two-way play. And I believe that David Quinn is, is preaching that. But remember, they're a young team. And uh, like you said, there's going to be some growing pains. But, man, they're going to be fun to watch. And before we wrap on the Rangers, Matt, I got to ask you, if you had to rank the players in the NHL, you know, where would Artemi Panarin rank for you? Because Ooh, that's tough. to me, to me, he's, you know, I, I didn't used to think that he was necessarily a top 10 player, but the more and more I think about him, the more and more I watch him play for me, he's like top five. I don't know if I go top five as I, I certainly would go top 10 because he he's one of those players that when he steps on the ice, you can see how much better the New York Rangers play. And I think you and I may have to revisit this topic in a separate episode because there's just so much debate around who are the top 10, 15 players because there's so many good players. But I'm mm. glad you brought up Artemi Panarin because he is going to play such a crucial role in this New York team this year. And I think he's going to be a bit of a mentor for Alexi Lafreniere, and that's a good thing. I think if some of our Temi Panarin can run up, rub off on uh, Lafreniere, who's also a left winger, I should add, think about how that could be a dynamic duo there in a couple years. With oh our, my, with yeah. the master and the apprentice, if you know what I mean. This yeah. team, I don't know how many games they're going to win. But they're going to score a bunch of goals this year. Mm -hmm. I'm not, the goal of scoring is not the thing that's going to hold back the Rangers. It's going to be the defense. And I think that it's going to, as I mentioned, there's going to be some growing pains. But the question you got to ask yourself, Mac, is is this a team that's made enough moves and has gotten good enough to make the playoffs this year? Because they can't, I wouldn't say they lucked into a playoff spot last year, but there was no guarantees they were going to make the playoffs when the season ended last year in March. So do you see them making the playoffs this year, Mac? Oh, that's a tough question. Uh, I say yes. I mean, I just, you know, I look at the teams that are kind of around them. I look at Washington and the Islanders and Pittsburgh, and I, I think they're right there with Washington. You know, I think there's kind of a, a tier one, 
with Philadelphia, Boston. And then there's kind of a tier two separated by a little bit of the Rangers, Washington. And then again, tier three, Islanders, Pittsburgh, etc. So I, I have them making the playoffs. I have them in the third spot in this division. You know, again, they're kind of, first of all, they're, they're very young. I like what they did in the off season. I think Keandre Miller is going to be a really good defenseman for them. They already have Adam Fox, you know, Jacob Truba's play speaks for himself. I think you're going to see steady improvement from them. I think Lafreniere, I don't know how many points he's going to put up, but he's going to do pretty well. And, you know, I, like I said, I think the world of our Temi Panera and Mika Zabinajad had a fantastic year. I think he's going to continue uh, building on that. So, yeah, to answer your question, I, I do have them as a playoff team this year. I do as well, but I have them on, in the playoffs, Mac, on the condition that Shosturkin and Gorgiev play well, which I'm very confident that they will. Those two are... I'd say one of the best, if not the best tandem in the league, or if they aren't there, they will be there eventually. So Rangers, even if they don't make the playoffs, they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot, but I've got them in the three spot as well. just checking my list there. So I, I'm excited to see the Rangers. They're one of the more exciting teams to watch. Even if you despise the Rangers, they're, they're worth watching this year because they're just going to be so much fun to watch and you can still mm-hmm. hate them as they're winning, but you got, you got to admire the fact that the Rangers have made some fabulous moves. I remember a couple years ago when they announced the rebuild and we thought, okay, this could be a three, four season process. And the Rangers just have been zooming through this rebuild. This is a young refreshed Rangers team and I'm excited to see them hit the ice. Yeah, absolutely. I am excited to watch them as well. All right, let's head over to the next, as you mentioned, tier one team, as you're calling them, the Philadelphia Flyers, Matt. The Flyers uh, had a bit of a disappointing ending to the season last year, but there's still no doubt in my mind that the Flyers are a good team. And I'm excited to see Carter Hart with another season of experience under his belt because he was playing out of his mind at times last year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this Philadelphia Flyers team is pretty stacked. I mean, when you look at the roster, and they did release their their opening night roster, so I'll get that to you here in just a second. I mean, the forwards, Konechny, Raffle, Hayes, Couturier, Nolan Patrick is back, so that's great news. Scott Lawton, Oscar Lindbaum, Van Riemsdyk, Giroux, looks like Frost made the team, interesting. Obey, Kubel, Farabee, Voracek. On defense, you have Myers, Sanheim, Hag, Provorov, Gostaspier, Gustafsson, Friedman, and Braun. And then in net, you have Carter Hart and Brian Elliott. I mean, this is this is, this is a hell of a good team, Matt. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of depth. Uh, really good down the middle. You know, the defense is fantastic. It's it, Carter Hart and net. I mean, what else do you want? Yeah, the Flyers, uh, barring some injuries, Mac, this is going to be a team that's going to make the playoffs again this year. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the only question I have for the Philadelphia Flyers is, are they the one seed or the two seed? And I've and got then, them at one. Mm. I've got them at one. See, I've got them at two just behind the Bruins. Cause, that's fair, yeah. I mean, they're the Boston Bruins, but – you know, you can flip a coin between those two, and I wouldn't be surprised if Flyers end up at two. Even if the Flyers end up at three or four, I think the Flyers are going to be a tough out, tougher out this season. Not that they were an easy out last season, but this team has a chip on their shoulder. You can tell by just on how their attitudes are approaching camp, and they want to get back to the playoffs. They want another shot at the Stanley Cup. This is a team that has gone through the growing pains over the past few years. They have a system that works for them. They play a great two-way game. And as you mentioned, this is a stacked team. (laughs) They're going to be a great team to watch. What I'm looking forward to, Mac, Rangers and Flyers, because not only is that a big rivalry, these are going to be two fast-paced, high-scoring teams with great goaltending. That's going to be a lot of fun. I've got 
I'll have to circle the first Flyers Rangers game on my calendar because that's going to be a lot of fun. I'll tell you what else I'm looking forward to the end of the Pennsylvania rivalry where the Flyers are clearly the better team. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not necessarily the end, but you know what I mean? Like the the Penguins dominated that rivalry for so long. And and now in my opinion, the Flyers are really going to take over that. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Flyers play tomorrow. They're playing the Penguins to open the season and I'm expecting no love to loss to be to be lost between those two teams. Mac, I think the uh, fireworks are going to go get going pretty early on. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll jump to them in a moment, but the uh, the Flyers uh, and nothing against Penguins fans, but the Flyers are the kings of Pennsylvania right now. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's jump into those Pittsburgh Penguins, Mac. Uh, the Penguins, uh, their slow decline continues is how I would sum up the Pittsburgh Penguins this season. Is that a fair assessment in your mind? Because I, I I, can very much back that. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, they're still a good team, but absolutely they're, they're starting to decline. Yeah, and... Uh, the thing with the Penguins is you still have Sidney Crosby, you still have Afghani Malkin, but you no longer have Matt Murray. And I know Matt Murray wasn't a big piece when he left Pittsburgh, but I mean, it just shows, you know, the players that were there for the cup runs a couple years ago are no longer there. Or if they're still there, they aren't consistent or they're getting up there in age. Sydney, here's the thing, Mac. A team with Sidney Crosby, you can never count out of any game. Same with Afghani Malkin. They're impact players for a reason. Mm-hmm. But you, you just look at this roster overall and the moves that the Penguins have made, and I just can't see them as a playoff team. I know we've said it the past few years, but Jim Rutherford did not make moves that really improved his team. You, you yeah. signed Cody Cece for crying out loud. <laughs> Yeah, you got rid of Jack Johnson. You brought in Cody Cece. Oh goodness! But you and I remember about halfway through the off season, you and I were having a conversation. Okay, who's gonna sign Cody Cece? Like, is he gonna get a two-way deal? Is he gonna get a one-way deal? Who's gonna be the fool that signs him? And Jim Rutherford signs him, and I, I know some Pittsburgh Penguins fans, <laughs> and they aren't happy about that one. And and who can blame them, right? Pittsburgh needed help on defense. I, I'd say arguably there were better defensemen available at the time, and Jim Rutherford didn't bite on them, especially with the money he signed Cody CC for. He signed him for a $1.25 million contract. Mm-hmm. They could have, and they still have $1.3 million in cap space, so they could have gotten someone who was a much better defenseman than Cody CC. Yeah, and, and if you just – they have actually released their roster. So, again, it's the usual suspects, although you do have some new names in there. Mark Jankowski, who they signed, is in. Colton Sevier is also in. You get a full year of Jason Zucker. So, again, that's that's good news. Um, Mike Matheson, Yuso Ricola, and Chad Ruedel. Uh, everybody else is kind of who you would expect. Uh, the taxi squad includes Frederick Gaudreau, Pierre Olivier Joseph, Max Legacy, and Anthony Angelo. So, again, it's the way I look at it is is if you just think about the roster and the goaltending and the defense, and you just compare it to the other teams in the division. The other teams are getting better, whereas Pittsburgh, you know, they're not really – I wouldn't say they're getting that much worse, but not they're not improving as much as the other teams, and that's really starting to hurt them. And I, I do think – I don't see this as a playoff team, and it's hard for me to say because it just feels weird, but I don't see this as a team that can compete really with the heavyweights in this division. Yeah, I would agree. I don't see the Penguins as a team that can really compete with these teams, at least night in and night out anymore. 
they'll certainly win a, their fair share of games. But when you compare them to the big four or five in the division, I just don't see it. And there's a reason why I call it the slow decline of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Mac, because it's not happening quick. But everyone who can look at the Penguins objectively can see it. It's mm-hmm. slowly the Penguins championship roster is diminishing and eventually all that will be left is Crosby and Malkin Mm -hmm. and a team that's stuck in mediocrity in the bottom half of the league. That's where I see the Pittsburgh Penguins going. And I I think management in Pittsburgh knows that's where they're heading, but they don't really want to admit it to the fans yet. It's one thing I get. I remember giving credit to the Rangers for this. And I think fans appreciate when their management's honest you know, our championship window is over. We can't win with this core anymore. And we're going to start mm. rebuilding or retooling. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's what Pittsburgh needs to do. Because you've still got Crosby, you still got Malkin, but there's not a whole lot else there. Well, here's the other thing is, you know, the sooner you carry forward with this plan of still trying to contend and win a cup, you know, before you know it, Jake Gensel's not going to be so young anymore. And all these kind of younger pieces that are kind of 24, 25 are not going to be that young and aren't going to be as affordable as they are. So they need to figure things out. Um, and again, I just, you and I are in agreement here. I, I don't know what place you have them in. I've got them third last in the division myself. I've got them second last in the division. And that's because I think, look, Buffalo is not great, but I just – with the, the, fa- the fact that Pittsburgh is an older team means that injuries are more likely. And I got to give Buffalo credit sometimes, Mac. They made some moves, not a lot, but some moves that made them a better team. And Pittsburgh, for me, is just declining. But mm-hmm. uh, we both have them in the same general area. All right. So let's wrap with the Washington Capitals. Yes. Last, well, the Washington Capitals – are they still a playoff team in your mind? Yes. Although right. I don't think they're going very far. Yeah, I agree with that sentiment. I think that I have them say the see they're the team I'm grappling with between the Islanders. You know, I mm. either have the Islanders in fourth or the Capitals in fourth. And I'm not quite sure which team to go with yet. The uh, season will tell me pretty quickly which team I want to put in fourth. But You know, this is a Washington team, just like the Pittsburgh Penguins, slowly declining. And we saw we saw with the Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, they make the playoffs, they squeak in, but then they don't go any anywhere. So did they, you know, they didn't do anything. And Mm -hmm. we all know Mm -hmm. Washington, you know, Ovechkin's not a young guy anymore. He's 35 years old. And one thing that's interesting, Mac that not a lot of people are talking about is this is actually the last year of Alex Ovechkin's contract. That's right. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens with Ovechkin. I'm sure the Capitals will resign him. I think he's a capital for life, but that's besides the point. The Washington Capitals are a team that is still good. They don't have any cap space though. So the roster that you've, you see in front of you tonight, Mac is about what they're going to go with the rest of the season. And they're a team that short-term, yeah, I see them making the playoffs, but long-term, they're in a tough cap situation. You've still got Nicholas Backstrom, who's 33 years old, still a good player for now, but $9.2 million through 2024-2025. And exactly. And you've got Oshi, who's, again, still a good player, but 5.75 through 2024-2025. And, of course, John Carlson, who is still, once again, still very good. But he is signed through 2025-2026 at $8 million per. So these yeah. are big contracts that the, the Capitals don't need to move right now because these guys are still good. But if you're the Washington Capitals and you're Brian McClellan, you, you got to start thinking about potentially moving one of those guys in the next couple of years while their value is still high. Because if the Capitals want to retool and go for another cup run while Ovechkin's still playing, you got to make some cap space to bring in some younger guys because – they have none at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, one thing you have to remember is they did win a cup. So they did accomplish what they set out to do. And, yeah, they'd love to win another one. But 
like you said, it's just going to be so difficult. And the reason I have them in a playoff spot is they're still a good regular season team. And Ovechkin's still going to pot tons of goals. And John Carlson's going to pile up points. He is a machine at, you know, basically creating offense. He's not terrible in his own end. He's not great, but he's good enough. He's a good skater. Um, and, you know, Kuznetsov, Oshie, this is still a good team. And yeah, I agree. I don't see any reason why they won't make the playoffs. Now, when they make the playoffs, I don't think they're getting out of the first round because the team they're facing is going to be that much better than them. Yeah, I would agree. You see, I think if the Islanders make the third or fourth spot, they've got a fighting chance against the top two teams in the division, which will probably be Philadelphia and Boston. But I don't see that with the Capitals. And I I think the Capitals could make the playoffs, but I don't think it's going to be an easy road there. Not like in past years where the Capitals just cruise to the playoffs. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's definitely going to be harder this year, especially with, you know, you mentioned the Islanders and, you know, maybe Pittsburgh surprises us a little bit and has better year than we expect. Uh, They're certainly going to be in tough for that final playoff spot. Yeah, I agree. And this is going to be a very tight division. You know, any of these teams that we mentioned, honestly, has a shot at the playoffs. And I, I, I agree with you. I think that Philadelphia and Boston are the two teams to beat in this division. But, you know, it's hockey. We've been proven wrong many, many times before. There's a reason why we call our our show the prediction show. And if you look back at our shows, not saying we get everything wrong. I'd say we've actually got a decent track record, Mac. But, you know, the NHL is crazy. That's what's great about the NHL is it's unpredictable. All right, before we finish the show, let's talk about Jay Bomeister and Corey Crawford, two greats that decided to hang him up. Yeah, well, let's talk about Corey Crawford first. You know, Corey Crawford, without him, the Caps don't, sorry, the Hawks don't win the Stanley Cup. They do. It's simple as that. And he will be a, a Hawks legend for some time wish him the best in retirement. He was one of my favorite goaltenders growing up. Uh, he was just so consistent. It was so calm and collected in net. And he just played a ton of games too. He was one of those goaltenders that would go out for 60 games a season and yeah. would hardly break a sweat. But of course, when you play that many games over, you know, five, 10 years, it really starts to catch up with you. And it sucks to see Corey Crawford go out the way he did. But that doesn't mean we can't remember him from the great goaltender he was. Yeah, absolutely. Third most wins in Blackhawks history. Most playoff wins of anybody in Blackhawk history. Goalies, of course. Career 19 save percentage. I mean, that's that's really good. 56 on the all-time wins list for goalies and two-time Stanley Cup champion. And the other thing that I think you people really appreciate about him is this is a guy who worked his rear end off to get a chance. I mean, he played a ton of games in the AHL. He got a chance. And like you said, he was just a mainstay and a huge reason for the success that the Blackhawks had during their, their glory years. Yeah. And then Jay Bomeister retiring, of course, as well. You know, I remember Jane Bomeister when he was younger and playing for the Calgary Flames. Those were good times. I wish he didn't leave. And then, of course, for the St. Louis Blues, he was just a, a staple in the back end for the St. Louis Blues. So reliable, such a good defenseman. And once again, a cornerstone to a successful team. Yeah, absolutely. Two-time world champion, two-time World Cup champion. He won an Olympic gold medal. Stanley Cup champion with the Blues, one of 29 players in the Triple Gold Club, 737 consecutive games played. I mean, that is just ridiculous. Ninth all-time in that respect, and over 1,200 games played in his career. You know, hats off to you. Exactly. Uh, Two players that were legends in the 2000s and 2010s, both – good chances at Hall of Famers, particularly uh, Jay Bomeister with the accomplishments he had in international ice hockey there. And it's going to be weird not seeing them play because I, 
you know, every time I'd watch a Blues, Flames, or Hawks game, one of those two would show up. Yeah, absolutely. Well-deserved retirement. All right. Uh, anything else you need to add, Mac? Nope. That's just about does it. All right. Well, of course, the NHL season begins tomorrow when we are recording this. Both Mac and I are really looking forward to the games. It kicks off with the Flyers and Penguins, I believe, at 5.30. And we've got the Leafs and Habs going a little later. And a night full of games. Any other games that you have circled on your calendar in the next couple of days, Mac? Definitely Blues and Avalanche. I mean, the fact that you're playing two of the best teams in the league against each other opening night, that's that's awesome. And just looking ahead in the schedule, I mean, Islanders-Rangers, that's always entertaining. That mm-hmm. is on the 14th. And uh, uh, Canucks and Oilers, I mean, there's, there's plenty of good matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, you and I are just so excited to have hockey back with all the uh, stuff that's going on in the world and COVID. It's just, it's going to be so nice to be able to follow hockey again because you can only watch, you know, football and baseball and basketball for so long. Mac, I was desperate. I was watching Wheel of Fortune before we were <laughs> hockey in my life. <laughs> and yeah. The good yeah. news is, uh, I saw this stat on Twitter. Uh, I think this is a good way to wrap it, Mac. 162. No, not 162, I wish. Well, with playoffs, probably. But 116 consecutive nights of hockey, at least. Probably more mm. with the playoffs. Mm. So we got lots of hockey. We'll have lots of stuff to talk about as the season progresses. I'm looking forward to it. Let's hope that COVID doesn't uh, knock too many teams out. Of course, the Stars are dealing with the issues right now, and we wish all the players that are affected a quick recovery in that situation and that no other teams get affected but for that should do it for our season preview for for mac this is matt enjoy the games everyone